T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time for the latest on the Brewers, Bucks, and Packers. With the Fan Afternoon Show on 12:50 a.m. The Fan. Welcome into the Fan Afternoon Show. Scott Grodsky, a CBS 58, alongside Sam Schmitz. Fan Afternoon Show coming to you live from Lakeland University Studios, offering co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at Lakeland.edu after a little bit of a slower start to the week. We have a jam-packed show coming up today, even though the Brewers are off once again. They've really timed their schedule poorly for us, but we do have successful Brewers games to be talking about as they're getting back on track, wondering what your expectations are for them during their upcoming stretch, pretty important stretch, Taking on uh, starting out with the uh, Dodgers and Cardinals. Packers, of course, getting ready for Friday, tomorrow's uh, preseason opener. We've had a lot of talk about Jordan Love, the offensive line, a couple other the, the key spots, but we're looking today at what players we really haven't been discussing, what fringe players on the roster need to make a strong impression in your eyes over these three games in order to make a spot on the 53-man roster. Plenty of guests for you coming up as well. We'll be starting at 3.30 with Bart Lundy. That's the new men's basketball coach over at uh, Milwaukee uh, for the Panthers. Uh, Bart Winkler, 4.30, and Greg Bishop, for Sports Illustrated, will be joining us at 5.30. But Sam, we'll start today with the Packers and that question of which guys on the fringe do you need to see something for? For me, I think we've talked a lot about the receivers, and I think that's there's a reason why we're talking a lot about the receivers and the receiving options out of the uh, backfield as well. It's some of the guys who are getting brought up a lot are more the Romeo Dobbs and Samore Touris guys. Uh, of the world and the uh, Christian Watson, Sammy Watkins, all those new shiny uh, pieces that are coming to Green Bay. I'd like to see some of the guys who've been here for a few years prove that they do belong on the 53-man roster. Not saying we're going to see it, but that's what I'll be looking at a little bit in the preseason is Juwan Winfrey has been here a while now. It's he's a He's a Packers veteran. He was on the practice squad most of the time, but also had some time on the real roster. Josiah DeGuara. Had injury problems his first year, but, man, his first year, he was looking like he was going to be that Swiss Army knife of the future that that everyone was looking for uh, to follow. Uh, God, I cannot think of the guy's name on the 49ers. It has, like, 17 syllables in a row. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk. There you go. Um, we were looking like it was going to be a Josiah DeGuara, and then he got hurt, and we really haven't heard his name much since then, uh, ever since he got healthy. So those are a couple of the guys who I'm looking at. How about you? 
Juwan Winfrey is definitely up there because we saw in the Cardinals game last year in the regular season, we saw some good things. We saw some bad things with a fumble here and there. But on top of that, like, I, I just want to see more of a step forward with him, just a little more consistency. If he can, like, you know, have a volume of catches in the preseason, that shows me that he's comfortable with the playbook and stuff like that. So, Juwan Winfrey, I think you and I, is definitely number one. Number two, a guy that I'm pretty big on, and I hope that he still ends up making the roster because it looks like they're. I assume four tight ends along with Robert Tunyon um, to begin the season. Tyler Davis is a guy that I'm keeping my eye on. Saw some good things. And I think, you know, along with Josiah DeGuard, Mercedes Lewis, and Dominique Daphne, I feel like until Tunyon's ready to go and back on the field, that's that's a guy that I think can be a big part of this offense for the, you know, a few catches here and there. And that's that's something to look for, not just in the preseason, but as things go on, because eventually Tunyon will come back, yeah. at least we're assuming. And I can't imagine they keep five. I know sometimes they no. look at Deguara more as a fullback than a tight end, but there's no way they're keeping five if they're even willing to keep four. So Right. So if he can have a big preseason, that's a guy that I'm definitely buying stock if he can stay on the roster. Um, <laughs> the obvious one that uh, Wisconsin fans are probably hoping has a big preseason and makes the roster, Danny Davis. Mm-hmm. We'll see along with Samari Torre and Jawan Winfrey who ends up taking those last couple spots. But do I dare say Sammy Watkins kind of has to – Show some flashes and all that because at the end of the day, he could be a Devin Funches the way his contract is set up. Yes, yeah, I think Watkins, the preseason doesn't matter that much. No. I think for Watkins, what matter, yeah, preseason games don't matter that much. I think the practices matter. I think yeah. what Aaron Rodgers thinks of him matters because even Funches, Funches wasn't bad in the preseason. No, it, it, that wasn't really the problem. It was just there wasn't really much need for him. If Rodgers says he wants Watkins, they're not going to Jay Kumaro this three years later. If Rodgers <laughs> wants Watkins, Watkins is going to be on this roster. And to me, I, I don't know if Watkins is even going to play in the first preseason no. game. He has his injury history, too. So I, I don't need to see much from him uh, at this point. He's one of the few guys who at least you you know what he is when he's healthy and what he hopefully for the Packers could be when he's healthy. So if Rodgers wants that, that's on the 53-man roster, unless, you know, of course, another yeah. injury happens and he goes on IR. I agree with you. With Watkins, it all comes down to the practices. and the, I think the joint practices, too, are where he's going to have yeah, to make his money before the preseason is over. And then on top of totally that, agree. I want to see some of these like backup safeties. I think the cornerback room is pretty much all set to go, aside from your last guys in the depth chart in that position. Mm-hmm. But as far as the rest of the secondary, we all know Adrian Amos and, and Darnell Savage, but... Who is going to step up and be the guy behind them if somebody gets injured or somebody needs to step in for about a week or two because we know Vernon Scott, some of these other guys that were drafted late rounds for the past couple of years, but nobody's really has kind of taken a step up. So I would like to see somebody in the secondary, especially safety, free safety, strong safety, kind of step up. And my last one for you, Scott, we can obviously dive into the offensive line, defensive line, and the linebackers and stuff like that too, but do I dare say long snapper gate? <laughs> the, I don't even know who it Steve, is now because they cut Wordle. Yeah, I think I believe it. I believe it's uh, Jack Coco for right now. Sure, but that's definitely something that you just don't want to see anything bad happen. If you if you are talking about the long snapper, that's that's not good because no. nobody wants to see the uh, Stephen Wordle type play last year in the playoffs where he's getting backed into his punter in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. so no, that's not what you're looking for. I, I I think special teams as a whole, I'd like to see a lot of different spots on there yeah. uh, show something. Just given how last year ended. Uh, Chris Barnes, you'd like to see what he. You'd like to see what he can uh, bring. Sorry about that little, little sneeze attack there, but uh, you'd like to see what he can bring on special teams. Uh, and you brought up on defense the the one that I'm going to be looking at most. There are a bunch of different safeties who are going to be fighting for the three spot. Yeah. It was pretty clear after family night. Vernon Scott has the inside track. Mm-hmm. It's a third year guy, was a seventh round pick, so it's not like there were. 
massive sky high expectations for him. But same as Juwan Winfrey, once you've been here for a couple of years, it, it's either you're good enough to be here or it's time to move on. And I, I think that Scott got a, a chance to play with the ones, not only in family night, but in the practice for the next week because Darnell Savage still has not come back. I assume that even though right now he's technically a starter while Savage is out, I assume he'll still be playing in game one of the preseason as well as game two and game three. And eventually they're going to need him, whether it's bringing out a, a package that has three safeties or more likely someone's going to get hurt at some point during the year. Yeah. And I'm not saying you're out for eight weeks. I'm just, could eventually like a one they're going to miss a couple of plays. Yeah, it could be one week or two weeks or, like you said, just a half. And you'd like to have a little more confidence in what's coming in off the bench there. Yeah. And it's a, it's a much better place for the Packers to be in than what they were in five years ago where you had no confidence in the guys who were starting on the uh, on the secondary. At least now we're talking about a third-string guy, but or second-string, uh, third on the depth chart. But uh, I, I would like to see him make an impact. And I do think also in preseason games, a lot of the stuff is fairly vanilla, especially defensively. So you do get to see from the middle linebackers and from the safeties, you're not necessarily going to get to see what he brings as a as a pass rusher or as a as a sneak threat like that. But you'll at least get to see him be sure-handed as a tackler mm-hmm. or not be sure-handed as a tackler. And for me, if Vernon Scott's ever playing, that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for Vernon Scott to make the the flashy play if he comes in for a few weeks. I'm looking for him to not be the one who everyone attacks because they know they can beat him. I know he obviously played corner, but you don't want to you want to have, you don't want to have the Ladarius Gunter the no. secondary. If no, somebody you goes sure out. You, Julio just goes at him. But I mean, yeah, I think aside from that, I mean, the linebackers are pretty much all set as far as, you know, who's going to be fourth in that depth chart. The defensive line, we kind of know the guys who are going to be there. But yeah, I for me, defensively, the secondary, those safeties are the biggest one because we we know we know Amos, we know Savage, but we just, there's nobody in the past year or so that's been really stepping up aside from guys who were just there, like you said, Vernon Scott. So those are definitely it. Now the offensive line, though, obviously we don't know what's up with Elton Jenkins, where his his timetable's at um, later on in the season. Hopefully he'll be back, but Bakhtiari, who knows at this point, could be ready for the regular season, could be ready for Week One. We shall see. But I like it's it's weird with the offensive line. I like the guys that they have. I like pretty much the depth that they have. I just don't know who's going to be where, and it's just it's just going to be such a mess and such a kind of like a pile of you know what, figuring out who's going to be where in the depth chart and what position. I mean, I love their offensive line for Week Nine. Yeah, uh, exactly. I'm, I'm a little worried about what it's going to be off the top, but assuming that they are at least okay enough to survive, for lack of a better word, until Jenkins and Bakhtiari come back, if they both come back. You're going to have a whole lot of experience on a, on a line that started the year very young. And that's worked well for the Packers in the past where they have had a lot of different guys get a lot of different opportunities at different positions all across the offensive line. And that's turned into some sustained success. Yes, there have been a couple of draft picks for the Packers in the offensive line that haven't panned out. Part of that is because the Packers seem to draft three offensive linemen every year and some aren't going to make the team. But they have had a lot of success in having homegrown talent that turns into dominant forces on the offensive line. And I'm not just talking about Bakhtiari and Jenkins Jenkins in recent history. Corey Lindsley is probably the best center in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. J.C. Treader was one of the best centers in the NFL for a little while. Brian Bulaga obviously was a wildly successful Iowa, uh, oh, wildly successful you. player. <laughs> um, the Packers have had a lot of success with guys who they have drafted and developed in the offensive line. And I think that long-term, not having Bakhtiari and Jenkins as a crutch 
but still having them to learn from can be a beneficial thing for all these young offensive linemen. It's going to be just so interesting, too, because I know a lot of these guys on the offensive line, they're going to have to play multiple positions until those guys are back. So mm-hmm. I I think everybody kind of knows, especially Matt LaFleur and Brian Gudigans, I think they know like who are the offensive, the starting offensive linemen if Bakhtiari is not ready to go week one. But I think they're going to try to throw these guys into different positions to see if uh, where they stick and all that. But yeah, and, and you'd like them to. I mean, you'd, right. you'd like them to be able to be like a Lucas Patrick, and you know, if the right guard gets hurt or the center gets hurt, all right, well, we're fine either way. We have this guy who can fill in on both those spots. So I, I think that'll be something they're looking for. And and again, I to me, the number one guy I'm looking for to make an impression to make him sure him he does not get cut and that he has a spot on this roster is Josiah DeGuara. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to get cut. I think he does have a spot. But at this point, he was a third-round pick. He is healthy now. I still actually think he could develop into a good player. I really liked him as a pick. and He I, showed I, flashes I, of it last season. Yeah, and I'd like to see it going forward, not only in terms of him securing a spot on the roster, but in terms of him actually securing a spot, a meaningful spot on the roster, especially while Tunyon is out. Because, well, eventually, too, not just for this year, but eventually they're going to have to move on from Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. Ooh, congrats. I love I love Big Dog, but the fact that he's still playing is uh, credit to him. But eventually somebody's going to have to take over for that second tight end. Yeah. And what better that, what better way to do it than to have somebody grown in-house than Josiah DeGuara? So along with Robert Tunyon for not just this year, but next year, if you have that dual t- – uh, tight end threat of mm-hmm. Deguara and Tunyon. It's pretty good for the Packers. And Mercedes Lewis, I remember his uh, his draft. He was a one-two punch out of UCLA. It was him and uh, Maurice Jones-Drew yeah. were taken first round, second round by the Jaguars. Maurice Jones-Drew is like 10 years into his second career right, right. now. Yeah, and he NFL had a successful Network. NFL career, too. Oh, yeah. So uh, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible what Mer- Mercedes Lewis has managed to achieve. And if you want to chime in, we'd love to hear your thoughts on which fringe players in the Packers roster you need to see something from in the preseason to make the 53-man cut. Call in 414-677-1250, 414-677-1250, or tweet us at 1250AMTheFan. Welcome back to the Fan Afternoon Show. Scott Gratzky, Sam Schmitz, talking Packers football and which players you need to see something from over the next three weeks in the preseason games to earn their spot on the 53-man roster. You can call in 414-677-1250, Again, that's 414-677-1250, or tweet us at 1250AMTheFan. Sam, you brought up in break a good name I wasn't really thinking about because he's going to make the roster. They're they're not going to burn a third-round pick a year later. But, yeah, you'd like to see something from Amari Rodgers. I think it's kind of in the same spot, similar to Josiah DeGuara. Not the exact same situation, but sort of similar situation with Amari Rodgers going through this year where you basically saw nothing in the passing game with Amari Rodgers. Got a couple shots in special teams, had a rough patch with muff punts and stuff like that. So now that you want to see Amari Rodgers take a step forward at the wide receiver position, you want to see him actually hopefully be that guy that you can just rely on the entire season in special teams in the return yeah, game as at well. At the very least, you'd like to see that. Right. Because, again, I, I don't see them cutting him. No. I, I, don't, I don't think that they'd be willing to cut bait on a high pick like that this early. Right. He's safe for this year, in my opinion, but for ne- if he doesn't do it, like let's say it's just the same thing kind of this year, next year he's definitely, his roster spot is definitely in question. But, I mean, it also does at some point it gets to, you start looking at the receivers on this roster, and let's say Sammy Watkins does make the roster, they might have to make a choice on him at some point. Yeah, because, I mean, let's be honest, I mean, there's a lot of guys that they brought in in camp, like Juwan Winfrey again, and uh, Samari Torre and Danny Davis, and along with, you know, Dubs and all these guys, but... 
they might be able to show some flash that Amari Rodgers might not be capable of doing. So who knows if some of these receivers have maybe too good of a preseason, their hands might be tied, or who knows what's going to be going up with the or what's going to be going out with the practice squad. Well, and it is we we've spent so much time talking about Romeo Dobbs. I don't think we've heard anything about Rodgers this preseason that I know of. Unfortunately, uh, following along with our guy, uh, Ryan Wood from the Green Bay Press-Gazette at training camp, I've seen a couple tweets where Mario Rodgers had some good returns on special teams and unfortunately had a couple muff punts. Obviously, it's going to happen, but, you but know. In, and even that, you're you're exclusively talking special teams. And if that yeah. ends up being his role, if he ends up just being a special teams guy, that's fine. They're, the Packers have proven over the past few years it's not a bad idea to have a couple guys who are special teamers. But you'd like your third-round pick to, to be showing more at a time when they need someone. Not just special teams, but kind of like we were talking about with uh, Mercedes Lewis and Jos- Josiah DeGuara hopefully taking over that spot on the roster. But on top of that, like we all love Randall Cobb, but eventually Randall Cobb is going to be moving on mm-hmm. from the Green Bay Packers, and his career is w- probably going to be coming to an it. end. And Amari Rodgers could be that guy to take that slot position. So you want you want to see him step up in that kind of a role, hopefully. Yeah, it's just uh, at, at this point, last year it was one thing. This year, he can't be on the roster just to be stashed. Yeah, He's got to be doing something with the team because you, you're looking, what are the receivers right now? Lazard is for now the one. I guess you would say Cobb is probably the two. We'll say Watkins makes the team right now is three. Dobbs is obviously going to make the team. Watson. Uh, Watson, it depends on if he starts on Pup, but I, right. I imagine he's going to be healthy enough from what we've heard. Right. So that you're at five already. They're not going to keep seven, I wouldn't think. Samari Touri has had a great camp. I don't know if you can cut him and put him on the practice squad. That's what they've done lately with your fifth, sixth, seventh round picks at wide receiver and at offensive line. They've been stashing guys. But there's always a risk Mm -hmm. when you do that with them. Uh, Jawan Winfrey, I'd imagine, is going to be a a tough cut because it's been a few years. But I'd imagine that's a guy who will get cut. Yeah. Uh, Danny Davis, I would love to see make this team. He was fun to cover in college, but that no. <laughs> um, Very well put. Uh, so you're starting to run out of spots a little bit when it's Amari Rogers. And again, I'm not. I'm not saying they're going to cut him. I don't think they will. He'd have to. But have the a really more bad I preseason. talk about it, the more it. It's not a no brainer. Yeah. I mean, I, I like I like the potential of Amari Rodgers. I like what I've seen, you know, him grinding in the offseason to get better at receiver and all that. But it's one thing, you have to actually approve it on the field. And it, like I said, it could be, you know, out of his hands too. He could, you know, do a okay job. But if somebody, if some of these other wide receivers that we were just talking about, like I said, there's, there's a few amount of chairs. If some of these guys or multiple guys have too good of a showing in the preseason or joint practices and stuff like that, yeah, it could, uh, it could get messy. But yeah, I think... It's it's similar to Josiah DeGuar, where like I think he's safe for this year, but if he doesn't do anything, then next year is definitely in jeopardy. Um, but it's it's go time essentially for Amari Rogers. Yeah, and then the other receivers, the ones who we are talking about as your one, two, three, maybe four. I don't think any of the the veterans will play in week one. I do think they will play a little bit week two, week three, and by they I mean everyone who's not named Randall Cobb. Do you need to see anything from them? Even in practice, do you need to see something from Alan Lazard to feel more confident about a number one receiver? Because to me, I don't know what we're going to see in preseason, especially if Rodgers doesn't play, but I would like to see something in the practices. Yeah, I would like to see something in the joint practice with the Saints. I would like to see some videos maybe because I I saw down in a Dolphins training camp, they're, going, they're doing joint practices right now against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. So if I saw videos, like, okay, but that doesn't really do anything for me because I just – all I care about is what do you do in the regular season? 
all this hype and, and what you do in the joint practices and stuff like that, like, okay, cool. That could, that's encouraging, but you got to actually do it when the time comes in the regular season. So I don't expect any of those guys like Lazard. I don't expect any of them to play in the preseason. I think they'll be good with the joint practices and just ready to go for week one and then figure it out from there. I, I would like to see in those joint practices, though, whether it's Lazard or Watkins, I would like to see some reps against the number one corners for the yeah. Saints. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore would be a great test for Lazard. Who, I, like, I I know what Lazard can be as a second or third or fourth option. He's fine, and I and I like Alan Lazard. I, I I've talked to him a bunch of times. I like him as a person. And I like him as a player. Yeah, I don't know if he can be a number one. That is a lot of responsibility to put on a guy's shoulders who is a a a talented receiver. But there's also a reason he wasn't drafted. Exactly. There's a reason he was cut by the Jaguars twice, I believe. That there is a reason why he is not seen as an upper echelon guy. Can that change? Of course that can change. Of course he can have that breakout year right now. Right. But I would like to see something that that tends to have us fading in that direction, at least, in those joint practices. Because so far, all we hear in training camp is not about Alan Lazard, it's about Romeo Dobbs. Uh, the, the term number one wide receiver is, I think, just so interesting when you talk about Alan Lazard specifically because I think... At the end of the year, when you look at the total receptions for the Packers, like, yeah, he'll probably be there in top five, top three for the Packers overall. He better be. But when you talk about a number one wide receiver, what do you think of? You think of elite route running. You think of speed. You think of size. You think of stuff like that. Al Nazard has, he's, I mean, look, he's just trying to break the mold of him being a blocking wide receiver. And And he's a great blocking wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, he's great. You could also, you could almost make him into a tight end and he'd be great at it, but you know, I'm not saying that he's not a good receiver. I just think, you know, on any other team that has established number one and number two wide receivers, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Mike Evans and when Chris Godwin is healthy, like Lazard is your number three, number four on that team. Well, now they have on top Julio of, too. On top, yeah, <laughs> if, you were, if you were to put him on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I mean, he's probably still behind Russell Gage. So he's probably wide receiver six on I mean, that team. Lazard was great. He was in a great position with the Packers last year where he was sometimes the two, sometimes the three, sometimes the four. They had a good running game, too, but he was never the one. Yeah. And he was always a he's a reliable guy to put out there. He's a guy who you want on your team. He's a guy who I think is a good fit for the Packers. But the number one receiver is a lot of responsibility. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's when you say that with Lazard, he's just he's just nowhere near, you know, a wide receiver one like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, guys like that. But that's why you and I agree that. It's going to be on the shoulders of uh, Aaron Jones, especially in this passing game, that I think is going to make his life easier and these rookie wide receivers' lives easier as well. Yeah, and A.J. Dillon a little bit on that front, too. I I think both of them will end up probably being around top five in uh, receptions, and Jones could easily be top three. Obviously, all of this depends a little bit on on health as well. Right. uh, We'll see a little bit clearer what the Packers are looking at tomorrow based on not only how the guys play in the preseason, but who plays in the preseason and the preseason opener against the San Francisco 49ers. We're going to switch gears a little bit here, head to some college basketball talk in a minute. We will be joined by Bart Lundy, head coach of the Milwaukee Panthers. That's coming up next on 1250 AM. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Fan. I do not understand our music coming back from breaks. Anyway, you are listening to the afternoon show on the fan, uh, also possibly on the Odyssey app. Never miss a moment from the fan again. With the free Odyssey app, you can download the fan afternoon show. Listen whenever and wherever works best for you. I am currently outnumbered 2-1 to one by Milwaukee Panthers now. Sam Schmitz, proud uh, Milwaukee grad, and we are now joined by head coach of the men's basketball team, Bart Lundy. Find him on Twitter, at Coach Bart Lundy, and the team at MKE underscore MBB. Coach, how you doing? Thanks for the time. Scott, doing great. Doing great. I didn't know Sam was a Panther, so we're, we're oh, yeah. rolling. Strength, strength in numbers. I like it. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's uh, definitely a strength in numbers for the Panthers right now. And for you guys, it's an exciting time for the Panthers right now. Sort of a, a restart, a refresh for the program. I know you guys just – I think you just finished uh, the summer workouts. Is that right? We did. We, did. we finished up yesterday. Uh, really, really on Tuesday. Yesterday we shot some balls and I let them play pickup um, and, you know, end on a kind of a fun note for the summer. So, um, yeah, it's been a whirlwind four months here and uh, – and uh, I think we're in a good spot. Well, hopefully things get to calm down at least, you know, for a month or two for you before the season gets going again. But uh, Summer, what were your impressions from the team? I mean, I know it's there's a lot of new faces and there's a lot of new concepts, obviously. It's it's a brand new era. How did the last couple of months go? Uh, I thought they went really, really, really well. I mean, we, are, we have some talent. Uh, we've got uh, – we had immediate chemistry – uh, I, I really like that uh, the guys got along and that they um, they were already pulling for each other. Um, yeah, I think they even they were shocked at how fast our, our chemistry uh, kind of developed. And uh, you know that's going to be that's going to be a big part of this with so many new faces. And uh, you know, obviously we've got a we've got a lot to do to to play together on the court. But uh, you know, getting along off the court. Uh, and and having a group that works hard and, and pulls for each other, you know, that's a lot of the battle. Is that kind of like a split for you in the summer, where it's you want to get some of the the real work in, but it's also you know you have three months still until the season starts. So I'd imagine a lot of it has to be just about building chemistry. I know I, I was at your guys' practice a couple of weeks ago, and and Vin Baker Jr. was talking about like Star Wars nights that they were having, watching some of the uh, movies <laughs> yeah. as a team. I mean that that has to be kind of a big part of this, right? It is, and I, and I think you and I had, had spoken that day about uh, our goals for the summer, and number one was to develop some chemistry. Uh, two was to, to get them, um, you know, in a little better shape and to get them as strong as we could get them over the, you know, we, we really had seven weeks with them. And then, you know, the third and maybe the least important was to give a little bit of structure with our offense and defense uh, simply because they, you know, no, no one's ever, no one in this team has ever played in this system. So, um, you know, generally I would want the summer just to be, you know, skill development and, you know, focused on their individual games. Um, and, I, and I really did go into it with the philosophy that, you know, we can't win any games in July, but you can lose some. So um, I think we, uh, you know, we did, a, we did our best to help them get better um, the gains in the weight room and the gains uh, 
you know, we had one freshman go from 175 to 190 uh, over the course of seven weeks. So th- those are the type of games you want to see. Yeah, that, for sure. Uh, for you guys heading heading into this uh, new season now, what kind of team are we looking at? What what's the what are the calling cards going to be of Bart Lundy basketball? Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be fast and furious. You know, we're um, we're not going to necessarily be pretty. Uh, we're going to be, you know, in your face and, and uh, we're going to muck the game up. It's going to be fast. It's going to, we're going to pick up full court. Uh, you know, we've got a, a lot of really athletic guys and we've got great links and, and, and uh, unbelievable team speed. So, um, you know, we shoot it well. So I think it's going to be a fun style for the fans. And, um, you know, I'll probably, if I had hair, I'd probably pull some hair out, especially <laughs> early, but uh but it's, uh, you know, put your seatbelts on because it's going to be fun. I think I'm only a couple years behind you with the hair, so I, I, I can understand <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, I, I know one I name like that... I say it's going back on D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It gets back on real quick. It, it's always there. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I know one name that's going to be familiar for some Panthers fans, Vin Baker Jr. Uh, returning for, I want to say this is his uh, redshirt senior year, I believe. Um, yes. What have you seen from him over the past few months? Has he sort of turned into one of the leaders on this this team? Is that is that a guy we're going to be seeing a lot of uh, come November? Yeah, with, without a doubt, uh, he he is. Uh, you know, Vin had a great spring on the court. Early in the summer, he had a finger injury that uh, has has required him not to be in practice. Uh, he actually is healthy now and and just started getting into non contact. Uh, so unfortunately, he didn't get to. Uh, to be in practice during the summer, but his leadership and um, how uh, committed he has been to the program uh, has been phenomenal. I mean, he is without a doubt uh, one of the, the main voices in our program. Uh, he is, he was vocal. Um, you know, he, he wants a lot from this senior year and uh, first and foremost, he wants this team to be successful and, you know, he wants it to be a great experience. So, you know, I expect big things of Ben, and uh, and uh, really, really would be happy to get him back into practice when when we get back. Hopefully, that'll be coming soon enough. What do the next uh, couple of weeks, couple months look like for you? I and mean, we we hear so much about the college basketball grind, but this has got to be the month, two months, where maybe it's a little bit more calm, or is it all recruiting and all on the road? Uh, really, it's not. Uh, you know, this is this is a little bit of downtime. This is this will be. We we don't start school until September sixth, so. Mm-hmm. You know, most of my career has been in the South where we start earlier, uh, you know, and, and you know, I, I don't I don't ever think this is a grind. You know, people, you know, people do hard jobs for a living. I get to coach basketball. So, um, you know, I, I wake up every day and pinch myself um, and I'll get some time away, um, you know, visit family and, you know, get to see some of the people that, uh, you know, I haven't seen in four and a half months. Um, and then, you know, back in the office, you know, our staff is set now, our team is set. Um, you know, we, we got to, you know, put together some loose ends with, you know, whatever we need paperwork, you know, we're still getting those last couple of scheduling games. So there, there are some odds and ends, but, uh, for the most part now is the time to check the paint, you know, make sure we're, we're where we need to be, get all the, uh, organization done for the season and the preseason, and, you know, and just get ready for those guys to come back. 
Okay. Do you, do you feel a little more settled now? I know when we talked uh, a few weeks ago, you said, I think it was in the course of three months, you, you left a job, took a job, recruited about half of a, a new team, sold a house, bought a house, moved in. Is it, is it a little calmer? <laughs> well, only thing you got wrong in that was uh, we, we, we basically recruited a whole new team. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think we have 13 new guys. Uh, 20, we've been through 20 official visits at this point. So, uh, no, it, yeah, it's, uh, it's calmer for sure. You know, the family's here in the house. Uh, you know, we had to, we had to wait for the transition for school to end. Um, you know, we had a good summer, uh, here, uh, we get some time away now. Uh, you know, every, everything seems to be, you know, smoothing out. Uh, I, you know, I've, I've pretty much other than a few days and then being on the road recruiting, I've been in Milwaukee for, for all of the four and a half months, um, so, you know, for me, it's, it's our whole summer already. Yeah, it's kind of already home. And, um, you know, the family is making a great transition and, you know, it's definitely smoothing out. Okay, good. Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll check back in with you after around February when there's the other months <laughs> that uh, come in for Wisconsin weather. Uh, this is uh, Bart Lundy, UWM men's basketball coach. He's joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. And, Coach, we do a segment here on uh, the Fan Afternoon Show every day called Draft Mockery where we, we pick, uh, I think, four different random topics that can change from day to day. Today, uh, Sam uh, picked our, our topic is going to be coach cliches, coach speak, right? Yeah, not based <laughs> on you, Coach Lundy. It was based on uh, Matt LaFleur. So. Okay, but I I uh, I haven't had any time to do any prep work. So you got any good ones for me that I, I should be uh, writing down? And I'll just help Sam do earmuffs from uh, what was it, old school or whatever. Uh, so Sam can yeah. hear you. Uh, you know, I, th- I think uh, what comes to mind is uh, you know we're gonna take it a day at a time, which is kind of is my motto. Uh, but it sounds like coach speak. Uh, you know, uh, how about uh, back to the drawing board? Oh, um, that's a good one. I didn't think of that. Uh, no, you you go ahead. I'll I'll follow your lead. No, that I I hadn't thought of back to the drawing board. That's a good one. I'm thinking uh, we got to take a look at the tape. Also, I think has to be in there. Yeah, yeah. We uh, um, you know, guys are working hard. Uh, you know, um, you know, we're uh, um, let's see. What's a good one? I do this all day long, every day. Is how I speak. <laughs> just we, we just need the uh, the just, elevator pitch call. right now. Get us ready to go through the brick wall. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, so you know, this is this is what I say to the team, and we actually have it on shirts. So we're going to wake up in the morning. We're going to work as hard as we can. We're going to do things the right way. We're going to lay our head down on the pillow at night. We're going to wake up the next day, and we're going to do it all over again. And we're going to stack good days. And uh, and. And it really is kind of how we live, uh, and I think you can get about um, uh, eight different coach speaks in that one phrase. No, that so, was awesome. That was that that was that's my first pick in the draft. We'll just write down that speech, that the whole thing. So, <laughs> Coach right. Lundy, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to see what the Panthers uh, do this year on the basketball court. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate you guys. Sam, go Panthers. Go Panthers. Thank you, Coach Lundy. All right. Thank you, guys. Take care. You too. Have a good one. That is Coach Bart Lundy of the Milwaukee Panthers, new men's basketball coach, as they finish up their summer workouts, getting ready for the new season. We'll be tipping off in a couple of months. He joined us, as all guests do, on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. We'll stick with basketball. 
So we take a break here on 1250 AM. The fan, when we come back, we'll be talking a little bit of Bucks. There was some news out in uh, Europe with Giannis not playing today, but a couple of the brain trust of the Bucks was was there to support him anyway. And most importantly, this is probably the most important thing that's happened to the Bucks in probably 10 years, and that includes winning the championship. Purple jerseys are coming back. We'll have our thoughts coming up next in the Fan Afternoon Show. It's finally happening, and I'm not talking about the Bucks championship. I'm talking about the Bucks championship jerseys. The purple is back. Yeah. Team announced it earlier today. It was a pretty cool hype video. They do a really good job on their their social department. Uh, between this and their Fear the Deer jerseys, which the Fear the Deer jerseys are better. I think the Fear the Deer jerseys are always the best ones, and these are the best ones I think they've ever had. I agree. I, I'm surprised at how many people liked the deer on the front of the jersey. I just thought, for me, it kind of Oh, looked, that, yeah, that was... I thought it looked a little corny. I wouldn't um, mind seeing it now because now it's at the point where like corny is cool and it, it's interesting to see. I guess. Uh, but I, I, I'd take that for a game or two. I'm not looking for the whole thing. I, I think they did a real good job with just the classic purple. Mm-hmm. It's there in all its beauty and it's uh, it's good to go. It's a, it's a championship jersey for a championship team. I mean, it's kind of funny because when I was a kid, obviously, like when I was very, very young, I grew up with those um, and I hated them when I was a kid. But then when they went away... And I started playing video games. I would always like put those mm-hmm. on the current Bucks or whatever because I just thought they were so unique. Aside from the Lakers and the Sacramento Kings, there's not a lot of teams that have you know purple. Yeah, and I think I was on a similar page to you. I I didn't appreciate them when they were here the first time, but then they've been gone for man, it's been probably 15 years. Yeah, 2006 um, I think was the last year. Yeah, and so it so yeah about 15 years on the dot, 16, but uh, it it just sort of stuck with you and yeah. that's kind of the point of some of this stuff is to to leave a lasting impression and it's definitely something that fans have wanted for a long time it's the comments on all of these jersey releases are bring the purple back yeah and uh now they are i saw a, a good friend of ours of the show i believe it was um godsey from the bucks he brought mm-hmm. up like a screenshot of fans every time they announced they were doing retro night at the bucks people were like bring the bring the purple jerseys back bring the purple jerseys back and today he's like we finally did it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> that, and that'll be nice for what is it, 90s day, I think, is what, yeah. it, what it usually is. I, and I believe for the wonderfully horrible halftime show that was Ja Rule, I think he was wearing a purple jersey for that, too, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, I I think I have a Ray Allen like purple jersey, too, that I bought like just a couple of years ago because I loved just how they looked, yeah. you know, compared to the, I love, you know, the current jerseys that they have now. I love where we're at compared to anything but the, you know, 07 to when they rebranded them, the Christmas jerseys. With yeah, the, the, the red Right, because although you can do it right with red, green, and white, obviously with the Irish rainbow back in the day, the old Bucks, like I don't think those were that bad, but what the Bucks did after they went from their purple jerseys was just terrible. But uh, it's, um, just, it's been nice that they, ever since they got rid of, they, they've had really good jerseys for their alternate jerseys. Yeah. There was the Mecca court was hideous, uh, and I understand you know, why they did it. Bring that up with Bart, because I, him and I hated those when they first came out, and then they, they really grew on me. And I was kind of bummed that they, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of bummed that they don't bring them back. You know? Yeah, I, I don't ever want to see those again. Um, I, I get, <laughs> I, like what, I get what they were representing for the Mecca Court. It also, for me, just going uh, deeper dive into me personally, I'm colorblind, so I hate oh. those things because uh, those, those that. bleed together a lot for someone like me. Uh, so those, those, those were a non-starter for me. What do you think were, of the blue ones? Bad. The year they won the championship. I was not a huge fan of those. Those okay. were the, like the Lake Michigan ones, right? Yeah. See, like Bart hates them too. We'll have on at four thirty, but blue's my favorite color. And Bart's like, "Yeah, I don't like those." And I was like, "Well, they won a championship with them at the end of the day. They wore them at the Eastern Conference Finals." So, although not a lot of people loved them, I loved them. But I was surprised. 
before they even announced the the jerseys coming back yesterday, I went to the grocery store after work and I saw like literally in the grocery store I saw two people, separate people, wearing Bucks uh purple t-shirts and then one guy had like uh the shorts on yeah and, and that's somewhat of a litmus test for all of these jerseys is how many you see out in the wild mm-hmm. and you don't see that many of the blue ones you see some you certainly yeah. see more of those than you do of the mecca ones i don't think i've ever seen a mecca thing out except for during the games when they played right when they first came out yeah yeah but so. no, I think um, we're in a good, this year is going to be a, I can't really complain about any of the jerseys because the, the Fear of the Deer ones that they, they debuted this year, I did not like the green version. I don't know why. It made sense, you know, with the with the cream and then the green. Yeah. I didn't dislike the green version. This version's better. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this version agree. is awesome. Can you tell, I can't tell though, because when we were talking about it, Toby and I last week when they debuted them, um, I said that they looked like white with the lettering in the black, but apparently somebody told me it was cream. Yeah, I don't know. I, I again, can't tell with, in the video. With the colors, that's, I'm not the person to ask. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I forgot about You literally just said that like five minutes ago. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure on that, but uh, no, I, I, I like those jerseys. I think they, and, and even their their standard jerseys at this point are really mm-hmm. good. Uh, the Fear the Jer- Deer jerseys to me are always the best, and those are the ones they did win a championship in. Um, was the, What was it? State, Statement Edition, I think, is what the Fear the Deer jerseys yeah. are called. I don't, I don't know. know. There's like eight different editions. I think these, the ones that just came out, are the City Edition. I don't yeah. Know. I don't and know. meanwhile, in baseball, we're still waiting for the rest of the league to get their City Connect unis after, what, two years? Yeah. Take like notes, that. baseball. I don't get what they're doing with the City Connect jerseys, but as long as we got a couple more minutes here, I kind of want to get your thoughts because – I don't know how much more bucks we're going to talk tomorrow um, or whatever, but we haven't really even talked about or gotten your thoughts on, you know, um, Bobby Portis being back, Pat Connaughton being back, Javon Carter, Wesley Matthews, as far as the roster for next year. Yeah, I mean, I really like what the Bucks have done over the offseason. I I would be lying if I said Joe Ingles was a signing that was, oh my God, they got him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was also, you knew what kind of money the Bucks had, especially once they re-signed Connaughton and Portis. And some of the list of guys of the Mo Bambas of the world who were like on the the dream list of let's get this guy for the mid-level exception, they went for more money than that. And at that point, nothing you can do. So you get a guy in Joe Ingles who, if he comes back from injury strong, he's obviously been a great shooter throughout his career. There's obviously a, a role that he could fill if he gets back to 100% or even 80% of what he was. There's also a possibility that he could turn into a Kyle Korver from a few years ago where sometimes he has okay games, but, you know, he's not going to be playing many minutes in the playoffs. But to me, I mean, the Bucks, the Bucks stay healthy and the Bucks are in the, the finals this year. Yeah. So I'm happy to have them maintain and go forward, not only in terms of having the same level of talent on the court, but having the same level of chemistry on the court. Yeah, the chemistry thing I think is the biggest, especially I was surprised. I was hoping that they would bring, you know, Javon Carter and Wesley Matthews back. I'm glad they did because... I mean, Wesley Matthews, for what you got out of West last year for where he's at age-wise and how much you really pushed him defensively to match up on some of the best players in the league mm-hmm. and for him to step up. And then later, he kind of went into a funk offensively after the Christmas game and then before the end of the season, but he really stepped up as a big part in the playoffs. So I'm glad he's back. He's probably going to be your starting two guard, I would assume. Yeah, I, I could see him starting. I could see him, Grayson Allen, starting at least for yeah. the regular season. I, I would like to see as time goes on, I, I think you'd like to see Connaughton start to get some of those minutes in the playoffs. He usually was on there for the closing lineup anyway. Right. Um, so I I think that's more the direction it's heading, and, and you assume that's the direction it's heading when you look just at the number of age for Wesley Matthews, but age is just a number. And Wesley Matthews does as good a job as anyone, if not better, 
at keeping himself in playing shape and keeping himself in position to where he can do 25 minutes. Yeah. And that's not a problem. There were times where his shooting wasn't great last year, but his conditioning never was. No. And never was a problem. Not never wasn't great. What him and Drew were doing in the playoffs was just lights out yeah. defensively. And, and there's, there's, no, there's no way around it. There's no substitute for it. He is a phenomenal defender still. And there's no reason to think he won't be again this year. So to me, I like the way that this team looks. Uh, again, will Portis start to get more time than Lopez as Lopez maybe needs a couple more breather days as he, in the same way as Wesley Matthews, is starting to be on the wrong end of 30? Yeah. Maybe he will. But what's nice is you know Portis and Lopez have a great relationship. You know they can, first of all, be out in the court together. And second of all, they can be at a point where if Lopez needs to start, Portis is fine with that. Mm-hmm. There aren't that many guys getting $50 million for four years who are okay with that. And on the flip side of things, if Portis is starting and Lopez is off the bench, he's fine with it too. I, I think that the Bucks have done a great job of cultivating the culture that they wanted in their locker room. It starts with the fact that you have the most selfless superstar in the league in Giannis and probably the most selfless all-star in the league in Middleton. And one of the most selfless should be all-stars, but doesn't get voted to the teams yeah. because he's not flashy in Drew Holiday. Don't even get me started on him not being an all-star last year. It's I mean, ridiculous. he obviously should have been. Right. And he's a better defender than Marcus Smart, who won player of the year, defense player of the year. Oh. But he doesn't broadcast it the same way Marcus Smart does. Yeah. And so I, I that's, in terms of recognition, it can be a downside. But in terms of the, the chemistry of this team... It set the stage for everything else, and everyone fits right on in. And I think Marjan Bochamp uh, seems like a great fit. Obviously, I haven't really seen him on the court outside of what we saw in Summer League, but he, he is the right kind of fit for this team. He can be a defensive guy. You'd like to see him work on his shot, but you know, if he had a great three-point shot, he would have been a top-five pick. He wouldn't have fallen this far. Yeah. So, obviously, there's room to improve, but I, I, I see no reason why you would think that he wouldn't be able to do that. He's in a good spot with the Bucs where he's not going to be asked to, to come in and play 25 minutes a game right away. Right. It, it's going to be interesting because we talked to Eric Name uh, about a month ago or so, and we talked about Marjan Bochamp and, and what to expect. And with Middleton um, going through the procedure that he did, might not be ready for like the first week or two. So maybe we see extended minutes for Marjan Bochamp if he can you know, actually prove that he's worthy of a role. But yeah, I'm very excited that they finally have. I thought this was kind of like the last year where, okay, if you were going to take somebody, it's got to be somebody that you actually think can contribute for this team, not like uh, uh, Damian Ingles, you know, guys like that where you're just going to take a flyer on them. And they're probably going to be cut in like a year or two. Like you had to actually kind of take somebody and craft him. I think you got a guy in Marjan Bochamp, and I don't know what to expect from him offensively, but what he brings defensively is what I'm most excited about with him. And then kind of the last thing, too, before we hit a break here is that. I think fans are obviously um, the one. There's there's really one guy that fans probably um, aren't too excited about is returning, and, and George Hill, and we shall see. I know him and Mike Budenholzer are tight from the San Antonio Spurs days, but hopefully with Javon Carter being back, I mean, I I hope that they lean on guys like Javon Carter and Serge Ibaka more. Obviously, playoffs is going to be a whole different animal as far as minutes and all that, but I hope they lean on those guys a little more, knowing that they have, like you said, chemistry from last year. Yeah, I, I don't mind having George Hill back on this team. I think George is a great guy. Mm-hmm. I think he is a good clubhouse guy or locker room guy. I think that if he plays the way he played last year, maybe we're not looking at him getting 15 minutes in the playoffs, and that's where Javon Carter can come in, and that's perfectly fine the same way that Serge Ibaka did not get minutes in the playoffs because there were other guys who were 
ready. And yeah. there's still a role for both those guys. I, I I was very surprised when they brought back Ibaka, but the more I look at it, it's not you're not bringing him back for a playoff push. You're bringing him back because you need to have some guys take some minutes in some of those games when there's 82 games, and yeah. there are some that aren't uh, full play Giannis 40. Right. I mean, Ibaka is definitely just more of a regular season move. I don't see him getting any any run at all, but it's going to be interesting, too, because George Hill, I think we all forget, too, is playing with, like, uh, an injured vertebrae yeah, in his neck player. last year. Yeah. So who yeah. knows what happens so to him. With Hill, I think it's uh, at this point when they're already paying him, there's no downside. You see if he if he can recapture some of what he was a couple of years ago. If he can, great. If he can't, then he ends up playing for a little bit during the regular season, and he takes a, a backseat to Javon Carter in the playoffs, and that's perfectly fine too. Most importantly, as long as in the playoffs they're wearing uh, those two alternate jerseys as their their two primaries. That's really the one takeaway that yeah. uh, the Bucks should take from this on uh, the Fan Afternoon Show on 12:50 a.m. The Fan. We're talking Brewers when we come back. Be sure to call in 414-677-1250. 414-677-1250. This is the Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.